0: Considerably less than one half of 1% of our total knowledge has been acquired in a formal educational setting.
1: Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we talk about what has given you the best true education. We listened to a story from Zig Ziglar about a guy who massively turned his life around and what helped him to do that, what spurred him, what was the catalyst. From the message, we posted a question on Facebook. You can join these weekly conversations by friending me on Facebook at Agent K Miller. The question we asked was, where do you feel you have gotten the greatest overall education for your life? Number one, was it mentors? this can include parents, teachers, bosses, et cetera. Was it number two, formal education like schooling? Was it number three, other materials such as books, podcasts, blogs, non-formal courses, events, and more? or for anything else and and to please share those details, which folks did. You guys did. Thank you. Tom Ziegler and I had an intriguing conversation as we read through the comments. I'll tell you, it motivated me to up my education, focus it somewhat as well. So we'll key this all up with a short message from Zig Ziegler. It's about a minute and a half right after I share some helpful resources with you. Okay, folks, here then is this message to start us off from Zig Ziglar.
0: He went in a bookstore. He had not read a book since he had graduated from college in 1988. Now, you think about that for a moment, folks. That's a ridiculous thing. You know, less than one, a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a lot of education. Two of the most brilliant men I've ever known, PhDs, college professors, friends of mine, estimated, and that's all they could do, that considerably less than one-half of 1% of our total knowledge has been acquired in a formal educational setting. Now, please don't misunderstand. In no way am I trying to say anything that would discourage anybody from getting all the formal education that they can. But if you don't have it, that is not a legitimate reason for not getting it. Forgive me when I use another personal example, but we have a young lady on our staff named Laurie Majors. Laurie has been my executive assistant for 22 years. She finished the 10th grade of formal education. A few years ago, we evaluated our key personnel, and she certainly qualifies as key personnel. She checked out at slightly above the master's degree level. You can finish your formal education. You can even make it easy. That's not true. Uh, You can finish your schooling, I should say. You can even make it easy, but that's not true of education. You never finish it. You always continue on it.
1: Well, there you go, folks. So again, from that message, I posted this question on Facebook. Where do you feel you've gotten the greatest overall education for your life? Number one, mentors, two, formal education, three, other materials, or four, other and now I'll bring you this conversation that Tom Ziegler and I had as we talk through the comments and real quick, if you're here in the show and have not subscribed to us in iTunes, would you do that? Just hit the subscribe button. It does so much to help our rankings increase. So more people find us. Thanks for doing that. All right, here we go. Okay. Well, Tom, after posting this question on where you gotten the greatest overall education, uh, I, I surely was not, I didn't have a premise of, Hey, let's, let's downplay one and elevate the other. I was literally curious how people, uh, felt about this. It's easy. I think sometimes in the personal development, uh, and entrepreneur world to discount formal schooling, even though most people still have that. So we, you know, got interesting, interesting comments that I think you'll hear a common thread, uh. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to preface. I wasn't, wasn't fishing for a specific here. Literally just curious. So you know what? And one other caveat, obviously, if you look at, this is Facebook. So the people that know me are often from the, I have a high majority of people in the personal development world. So I would have to, uh, I guess I'd have to grant a little skewing to the, to my populace. Wouldn't you think Tom? Yep.
2: Yeah. You're talking with the elite all the time. Well, so here's from the
1: elite. There you go. Oh, so Ryan Stearns, he says, my schooling ended at ninth grade and I stopped going, then took a GED a few years later. My education came from mentors, books. A few courses here and there, also a healthy dose of trial and error. You know that one was interesting. Obviously, we hear the stories, and I see it posted here and there about some of the big names that we know in business. You know, the Bill Gates and the uh, uh, Mark Zuckerbergs, and the you know some of the folks of of our gigantic worldwide companies now who did not do a whole lot of formal education. One thing that's interesting though is a lot of them began their formal education and then through that they got exposed to some things and they then went on to those things. The point being I think a lot of times it does that formal education does put us in an arena especially if we know kind of a general direction we want to go with kindred spirits. You know it's kind of like going to church, whether you like church or not, whether you like the pastor or not, it is where the body of Christ tends to get together so you're more Likely to find kindred spirits there. And I think that a lot of people get that out of school Uh, well you know what on that on that Tom let me just read this this comes from Jen uh, Truitt which you know from Ziegler family and she said school is most important to her because it teaches us how to learn I'm sure most of us don't use the actual subject matter we learn in school on a daily basis however what I've learned since graduation from mentors books podcasts online courses all that is most definitely helping me in my day-to-day life and work so there's another take on it that school obviously can sometimes expose us uh, to the things that we're interested in people who are interested in those things. And it also can teach us how to learn. So there's a couple, a couple positives for the formal school side of it, don't
2: you think? Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of on both sides here. Um, I love school because it gives you the foundation. It gives you the underpinning. And I wish that school focused more on, you know, critical thinking and curiosity and like Jen said, how to learn. Uh, what I don't like is all the emphasis on how do you pass the test? Because being a great test taker is Mm -hmm. a whole lot different than being a great learner. Yeah. Right. And I know that, uh, my daughter, she applied to university in Europe and they've got a whole different system. Their essays, there are essay. I mean, their tests are essays. You don't get multiple choice with trick questions. You get, (laughs) what do you know? And why is that important? And I think that's more closer to the way life is. Um, and then on the other side of it, those who are kind of anti-school, my question is, okay, what are you doing to fill that gap? Yeah. Because you can't just let that go. You've got to do something about it. And when you look at the, the greatest learners or innovators of all time, it's like they're on a mission to learn the next thing. They always yes. ask that question. Well, why is it that way? Uh, and that's the that's the question that takes you down the right path is is the why question.
1: Well, we've got some great comments that that talk about that somewhat. Right, Tom, I, we're used to hearing, you know, are you a growth set, uh, growth mindset type person? And, but I like that. Are you a learner? Because we can be exposed to so much, but do we actually? Learn or not? Well, hey, here's a few that I grouped together because uh, you'll appreciate these. Jeff Jones, he says, I would say podcast is number one for me. In my former career, I had about four. His former career was as a as a uh, full time uh, musician with the band Big Daddy Weave. He was the drummer, uh, but he said I had about four to five hours per day I could listen to what I wanted to, and that is how I learned about online business, multiple streams of income, and outsourcing. Now those are the pillars of my business. My degree happens to be in psychology. He said, laughing out loud. Uh, David Merkel says, I believe that automobile, university is the answer. Douglas uh, Holland says books, podcasts, and webinars have helped me with business and personal relationships. Automobile university is an everyday experience I love. We know that Zig Ziglar coined that term automobile university. And how many people do we have that attest to that. And that was back when, I mean, he coined it back before podcasting, obviously, when we just had the old audio cassettes and whatnot. Uh, and today we have, we've never had a bigger wealth of opportunity to take advantage of the time that we have to listen specifically while we're doing whatever.
2: Right. Absolutely. I, you know, dad used to quote this, that if you lived in a metropolitan area and you commuted to work, in four years of commute time, you could get the equivalent of three years of college education just by listening to educational, informational, and inspirational information. So the reality is this is to me, this is the ultimate two for one. Uh, when we're in the car going somewhere, what are we feeding our mind? Is it something that's going to help us grow and advance in the areas of life that are important to us? Or are we just going to get riled up, you know, with talk radio or music that's not even uplifting or beneficial? So that's a choice that we got to make. And so, so many people list this choice as one of the reasons for their education because it goes back to the axiom that I'm always saying. The fastest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. And so many people have a bad habit when it comes to what they listen to in their spare time. And so when you replace that with a good habit, it's not just, hey, I just got 20 minutes of good stuff. It's I got 20 minutes of good stuff instead of getting 20 minutes of bad stuff. So it's like a double win. Absolutely.
1: You know, on that it's uh, the average commute. They used to say it was twenty minutes, Tom. I it may have increased a little bit. We have we have more and more people who are you know in the mega cities now and have to commute further. But twenty minutes, and my understanding is that's why TED talks are generally twenty minutes. And we've there's also been you know studies on the average person's attention span. And They usually say if you're listening to a message, twenty minutes is about the max that the average human will stay tuned in. So there's a couple of reasons on twenty minutes. A lot of podcasts. Just around that time period as long. But yeah, when you put that into the commute that there and back, what an amazing amount of time. And I always remember, and I don't know if it was on our show, our interview with Seth Godin or not. Uh, but he talked about just the benefit of that positive information coming out into our ears and that we're hearing it even when we're not listening. And I, I struggle with auditory learning, but I really took that to heart. And sometimes I have stuff going, and even if I'm not focused in, honed in on it, just the thought that, hey, there's, there's, it's osmosis, you know, subliminal, subliminal advertising to my brain uh is uh we no no way we can know the power fully of that.
2: Well, you know, when you talk about goal setting or when you talk about problem solving, one of the things that we do when we tell our brain we want to accomplish this or we want to solve that problem, our brain goes on the look look out for the answer and it's literally working 24 hours a day on that. It could be in the conscious, it could be in the subconscious. So when we're on autopilot listening to good stuff, that we may not even think we're listening to when the answer comes through that channel, your brain actually can pick it up. And so that's where the Eureka moments come is when you give your brain access to the right information, even though you might not be focused on it a hundred percent, it's in there and it can make the connection. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it. I, I totally believe it. Well, Hey, Amber Hendrickson here. She says a combination of, for her, it's been a combination of personal researching topics using books, podcasts, webinars, workshops, et cetera, that I'm interested in and a healthy dose of hands-on application of said knowledge. I have two bachelors and I would say I have learned 10 times more on my own than I ever did in classes. I appreciate that the healthy dose of hands-on application of what she has learned. We know that there's no better learning than in doing, and that reminded me of a book it's been out, I don't know, it's been out for a while, the Medici Effect. But I heard the guy, Franz Johansson, he's the author at a seminar speak. And a thing that stuck with me, and I've mentioned it before, is he he cited that his in his research, in his experience, he finds that one of the values of entrepreneurs is they just try more stuff. That was it. He didn't say they were brave or risky or whatever. They just are willing to try. And obviously we could take from that, extrapolate from that, that they're okay if they don't make everything a success, that they fail in essence, but they're just willing to try more things. So for Amber to take what she is learning and then go to work at trying to apply that and bumble around. Well, gosh,
2: what's Zig's quote? Uh, Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Isn't that it? That's it. Until you learn to do it well. I'm not sure, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we teach in our, with our small business owners, uh, and I've gotten this from Howard Partridge through our Ziegler business owner bootcamp is, you know, when you're, when you're bringing on a team of people or a staff or, or a new hire, and you're trying to, to grow them into a position, there's three words that we talk about. You, you teach them you show them and then you watch them. And so how many of you can relate in your own career path where you went to work somewhere and they said, Hey, this is your responsibility. Go and do it. Did they teach it to you? Did they show you demonstrate? And did they they watch you do it? And so that is the learning there is the complete spectrum of the experience, right? You intake it because you were taught it. And then you watch somebody else do it. So, you you know, if it's a mechanical thing, you actually see the process and then they watch you do it. Uh, so I, I love what Amber says here. You know, you learn. It actually is, it's, I think it's the sticky factor. When you actually try it yourself, that's when it becomes sticky. And I read a book years ago called The Talent Co- uh, Code by Daniel Coyle. And it talks about, the, the the way the brain works is when you actually physically do something, it wraps a myelin sheath, which is in the brain, around uh, the connectors in the brain that allows that impulse to travel faster. So until we take the action, that myelin sheath really isn't being developed like it could be. And so that's why the trying of it or the doing of it makes it, uh, almost permanent. And, and it gives us the follow through. And so we've got to, we've got to be the right kind of person, right? So we have the right kind of input, the right kind of character. And then we've got to do it. Well, that's cements it in before we can have it. And so I really like that connection there of, of trying and of doing it.
1: Well, so just following that, Gregory says his best educations come from mentors, the school of hard knocks, and the rolling and running uh, university that comes through audiobooks and podcasts. But we look at that hard knocks, the school of hard knocks. We joke about that a lot. But Tom, my experience in my own life and with uh, the the great influencers that we get a chance to rub shoulders with and talk with is that so much of their value came from. Yeah, trying things, going after things and then learning what didn't work and that sounds pessimistic and cliché, but my gosh, I mean it just is so much of what I know I learned by doing it poorly. I guess we go back to that quote and you've got to start somewhere and I've I've realized that I've had to broach that subject with my kids who see you know successful examples and they get a they can they contend I think we all can contend to get a little uh a worried about coming out of the gate and not being good at something and yet we've got to start somewhere but how often do we just never start because we don't want to start poorly and knowing that one we've got to start somewhere so you're going to have to start poorly and two uh, that, gosh, what you learn on the way, if we are, well, go back to learners. If we are learners, if we go back, I think we could probably all go back and audit the things in our lives that we thought we did not do well at, that we failed at, that we were disappointed in, and say, what can I learn from that? Because the people who become aware of that are able to harness that power to a dramatic degree. And we see that day in and day out, don't we?
2: Yeah, we do. And it reminds me, I think it's a Chinese proverb. Uh, And it says the the fool never learns from his mistakes. The average person learns from their own mistakes. And the wise person learns from others' mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of, and I'm going to use the word like, I like the idea of, wow, you know, there's nothing more powerful than trying it and learning from your mistakes, right? So we need to step out and try. We need to go and do it. But there's a there's a thing that I love. And and what I love is when you reach that point in your life where you go, wait a second, there is an expert in this category of this field who's already blazed the path. Why don't I go and get them as a mentor, as a coach and learn from them directly so that I can bypass a lot of the mistakes? I'm not going to not try. I'm going to keep trying but I'm going to skip all the pain just because I don't know. I'm going to go learn what I don't know from a mentor who's already been there. And really uh, when you look at m- all the things that the internet brings us, maybe that's the biggest or one of the biggest things it brings us is the ability to shortcut mm-hmm. all of the mistakes because there are so many people who've been there and done that. One of the companies that we work with uh they have a saying is you know no pain no gain yep and and their philosophy is hey we already know what where the pain is and we're gonna help you avoid that our philosophy is you know gain is gain <laughs> skip the <laughs> skip the pain and that's really that's really what we're talking about. So if somebody were to come to me and say, Tom, I've got this goal in one year I want to achieve X, right? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. One of them is you just charge off into battle and you go for it and you'll learn a lot of lessons along the way and you'll be a better person because of it. Another way to do it is what I think is a better way is you charge off in the direction to discover the people who've already done it Mm -hmm. and who come highly recommended, who have a track record of character and integrity and success and then do whatever it takes to get inside their inner circle and learn everything that they did, and you will you will shorten your time and distance to get there, and especially the pain. So uh, that's that's kind of my take on it. That's that's why I love it when I encounter somebody who's gung ho and they're doing it anyway, because as soon as you show them the better way, it, the the results just multiply over and over again.
1: And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to Shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me, and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long term cumulative benefits. in just two little capsules a day. Taking seeds DSO1 symbiotic and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25 drive to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive code 25 drive. Well, writing right on that Audrey here says uh, her focus is books because and I like I like how she phrases this because let's face it, most of us aren't friends with psychologists, theologians, and experts in the areas we need growth, and even if we were, those people probably wouldn't have time to sit with us all and download all their accumulated knowledge verbally. Books allow me to explore a lifetime of knowledge and only a few hours of reading well. Let's go back to the formal education topic, Uh, be that as it may, whether you went or not, whether you did formal education or not, it, it ultimately ends the formal education, the going to school, going to college, going to high school, going to get your graduate, your doctorate, your whatever. Some point that ends. And we do have I know there's some stats on it. Maybe, you know, them, Tom, but we do have a stat on the average American, how many books they read. Uh, And we could just extrapolate from that how much more new knowledge, new teaching, new education are they bringing in? And and across the board, it is not it is not great. And yet I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. Obviously the people listening to this show are the type of people who are going after that learning. But I think we've got to look at it as a necessity. We can't afford not to bring be bringing in new information. And on this, you know, we look at books and we talk about podcasts. It's relevant to look at personality styles. I, so here's my big, my big divulge, uh, divulging, um, admission here. I don't listen to podcasts. I host a podcast, I don't listen to podcasts. I have a really difficult time with auditory processing. It is a it's it's I have a a significant deficit. My wife is a brain uh, she does cognitive research and through that they do cognitive training and they tested me. I stink. I'm like the worst of the worst with auditory processing. I'm really strong with visual. So I'm a reader. Uh, anything that I'm going to really take in, I want to read, find what works for you. Now, we also know that videos are growing at a, at a dramatic rate because it gives you a little bit of both. Sometimes I do videos. Sometimes I don't because I want, I want to read fast. I can read faster and I want to read at my own pace, but finding what works for you. And again, we we go back to just the intentionality of a constant diet, Tom, I mean, that's one where I don't know that the average person. And I'm going to put myself in there. I don't necessarily plan during this time of day. And I know, I know Zig did that. And maybe you do that. that you know, he, he would start and, and during the day, a certain time he's going to read for this much time. Um, I'm a little more haphazard with it, though. I would say I'm consistent, but probably one of those things worthwhile of saying that here, here's what I'm going to do daily or weekly on the weekends, whatever. But I'm going to take the time, find the method that works for me, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to learn something.
2: Yeah, I I do mine in the morning uh, or, you know, in gaps uh, when I do the reading. But this is this is a, a kind of an, a blanket statement I want to say here, because I really like what uh, Audrey said about books. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of the ways the brain works is whether it's I, I think probably a book or reading something for most people is going to have the biggest impact. And here's why. When you're reading something, your brain has to fill in all the gaps. True. Right? It has to it has to create the scene. It has and you get to imagine. So when, when the when the writer is talking about a dream house, your brain is filling in all the gaps. And so it's actually more experiential. I think second would be uh, listening your brain is still like uh, so so a podcast or you know auditory information without visual your brain is going to have to fill in the blanks when you watch tv that you know, really allows your creative side and your juices to get lazy because everything's being filled in for you and so everybody's different and you're going to find your own. But that's why I like the idea of, of listening or reading, because it actually puts our brain to work. Uh, I don't know about you, Kevin, but sometimes I'll read something and my mind will start racing and I just put the book down and I just go with where my mind's going. Mm-hmm. Right. And that I don't know if that ever happens when I'm watching TV.
1: Uh, absolutely i am a notorious non-finisher of books because some of these great ones i mean you're a chapter in and and i'm i'm inspired through the roof my mind is going and i'm going to go write five pages in my journal and and go and i'll often come back to a business endeavor that i'm at or or a family issue and figure, out, I got to apply this. You know, we got to talk about this and, and apply this. I'm, I'm with you. I hadn't really thought about that, but gosh, I do that with my kids. You know, they have limited time on screens, and we put them into books. Go there and do that. Where your mind is is alive. Absolutely. Well, here's a, here's, I'm going to read a couple here and talk about an issue. We, it, and this really follows on, on books as well. But Monique says, uh, for me, it's a combination of mentors and books written by uh, mentors such as Jim Rohn, Darren Hardy, Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell. Uh, and right after that, Zoe says uh, pastors through sermons have really impacted her in podcasts, books, events, uh, conferences and videos. Uh, Nicole says books and mentors, uh, especially uh, mentors in her life that have pushed her to be her best self. Let's talk on that because we've just recently had the show with Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz-Ortiz on their book, The One Minute Mentor. And we talk about mentoring. I think all of us can cite books, podcasts, what are messages. Let's just say, let's just call them messages from incredible people like Zig Ziglar, like uh, John Maxwell, like uh, Seth Godin. And we get incredibly powerful messages, teaching, learning. And and yeah, we can, I think we can, well, I'll, I'll pose this to you, Tom. We can say mentoring to a degree. I'll have to admit when I think of mentoring though, I do think of face-to-face uh, hands-on guidance from somebody who does know me. And when I look at the primary pivotal pivotal messages in my life, I mean, I've gotten incredible ones from messages from people that I've never met hands-on, but my gosh, the ones from people who actually know me to some degree feel like those are the ones that were the most pivotal, that did impact me the most. And my point there is just discussing that as much as we can get mentoring per se from these messages that are remote, uh, you know, whether books, podcasts, whatever, I, I, I think we are missing out if we don't also put the effort into getting some face-to-face
2: your thoughts. Here's, here's the thing about mentoring. Um, mentoring to me is, less about the mentor and more about the mentee. Okay. Okay. And so whether you're getting quote unquote mentored from a book or mentored face to face, here's the key ingredient, whatever the mentor says you go and do and you report back. (laughs) So, so if you want somebody to mentor you and you want to hook them for life, like I want them to be my mentor for the next year, then my advice is real simple. You 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 ask them, you meet with them and you tell them what your goals or objectives are and then you be real quiet, you listen and you make it a short meeting. And then when you say, okay, you've inspired me, uh, I want to follow up with you in a, in a few weeks. What is it that you want me to go and work on? Or you've already told me to work on A, B and C. When I talk to you again, I'm going to give you a report on what I've accomplished there. And then you shock you shock them to death when you meet with them the second time. You say, hey, this is what I got out of the last meeting. I took this action. I took this action. I took this action. I took this action. Here are the results. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, what's next? And when a mentor sees somebody they're pouring into taking action, it's a fantastic relationship uh, that develops out of that. So if you're reading a book and you want that author to serve as your mentor, your objective in each section of the book should be, or each chapter or however many pages, what can I take action on now? Mm -hmm. And here's something that's real valuable. If you buy a book and you go through it and you read the first chapter and you skim some others and there's nothing you can take action on, don't feel obligated to to finish that book. There's too many good books out there that are life-changing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, they're like, well, you know, everybody said this was a great book. And but if that author's not speaking to you, it could be the wrong season in your life or whatever. Move on to a to a book that is. You know, I like
1: that, uh, Tom. Every morning I have my uh my morning ritual and part of it is with my Bible open and I have four uh four to five. I, I kind of shuffle through some different daily devotional books. Uh, one of them is the Ziegler uh, daily devotional book, and I will pick one up. I kind of habitually start with the same one first always, and I open it up. I give it a couple lines. If it doesn't grab me, I put it down and go on to the next one, do the same thing. And I am looking for the one that grabs me. All, I would say four out of five times. I am grabbed by a certain one. And a lot of times they'll overlap. I'll have two that are very similar and I'll feel like, gosh, that was, that was divine. Once in a blue moon, I'll have none of them that do, but I usually on those days can also cite that my mind, I'm having a really hard time concentrating because my mind is on something that, uh, that I am doing that day. Uh, and I'm, I'm struggling there, but yeah, I I agree going through the books and uh, so much out there. Don't waste time on what doesn't nail you. Well, I want us to end on one here that was interesting to me. Don Current, he says, on-the-job training, I learn best hands-on. I research via those that have done it before me, so mentors from that aspect, but I have to dig in and do it myself. I got my engineering degree from a school that uses a co-op program, and I value my on-the-job education as much or more than in the class time. Again, learning from those that were doing it and doing it myself. That was interesting to me, Tom. And we used to have an age and and really it was before even you, you and I came into this world of apprenticeships and, and we could even say interning that does happen some today. It's still, fairly rare that we used to go and we were taught a skill, a craft, uh, an ability in that sense. And we don't have that. We have now, we've really given that over to formal education. And instead of doing those, you go and you spend a lot of money and you go to college. And that's where most people are doing that after high school, at least. And again, I'm going to go back to my experience because it was just so rich with walking with so many people trying to go after self-employment that we got to, or a lot of them especially, they needed to earn an income. And we'd start looking at, you know, what are the jobs, literal jobs as an employee, W-2, where you can go out and get paid to learn some of these, uh, the skills, abilities, get some experience in the area that you are interested in. And we saw a lot of people through the six to seven years that I did this who would go? They would change jobs or even change positions in the job in the, in the job that they were in. Sometimes they'd get a pay raise. There's a lot of them that took a pay decrease, but to go somewhere where they could get paid to learn that aspect of business or learn about X, Y, Z industry. So they're getting paid for And what their minds was when they turned it around and said, man, I'm getting paid for an apprenticeship. I'm getting paid for an internship. How great is that? And I'm learning what I need to, to then jump out and go somewhere self-employment uh, pursue self-employment which a lot of them did that is uh that's, that's a kind of perspective again i think that we have lost i mean if you have the ability to intern or, or apprenticeship to go offer to get schooled in something by someone if you want to do it for free great but i think a lot of times you can get paid for on-the-job training in the area that you have interest in that you can then take and do whatever you want with but we've, uh, we've really grown away from that tom
2: you know, I love apprenticeship, and I think Don is right on. Years ago, this is probably 25 years ago, I read an article. My brain is just a connector mode today. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> oh, please. I love it. And it was comparing a, an American uh, craftsman who made, who made uh, high-end cabinets to a French craftsman in France who made high-end cabinets like you would find in a kitchen in a very nice house. And here was the comment that they made is the American way is you would, you would learn, you know, how to do the stuff. But in France, they had an apprenticeship.
1: Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well, even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside and we're going to think about 20,000 breaths according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us to great things is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis. But now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. Help, H-E-L-P dot com slash what drives you.
2: And so here was the interesting thing. The end result was the quality of the two cabinets were about the same, huh. but the waste pile of wood and materials would be five or ten times more on the American side than on the on the French side. Interesting. Interesting. So, in other words, when you apprentice with someone who is the expert and not only are they the expert, but they also know how to transfer what they're learning to you properly. It's, it's not all about just producing a cabinet that's beautiful and fantastic. It is learning the most efficient and effective way to create it and build it using the least amount of materials and waste. And so the on-the-job, hands-on training with somebody who knows how it should be done Man, I think that little uh, example doesn't matter what you want to accomplish in life, Uh, whether you want to be a real estate investor or run your own business in whatever category, (laughs) go, go apprentice or intern with somebody who's done it and they've done it so well that their top line and their bottom line is looking really good and they can pass that on to you.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to end this there, Tom, but I'm going to, I'm going to give us one more, one more little tidbit here because you made me think of something that to some degree marries that using somebody apprenticeship, somebody who's done it, uh, along with almost mentoring that I, and I just didn't conceptualize this as I was thinking about this show there. I have grown more and more to when I have a need to think about who do I know that knows how to do that. And I get on the phone, get on the text, whatever, the email and just ask, just asking people who know is amazing. The free and most brilliant counsel you can get by just asking people. And it's interesting as we're sitting here on a podcast, the podcast community is an anomaly to me. It's one of the most collaborative giving communities. And I can get on the phone, email, text with uh, folks with huge podcasts, even even lots, lots bigger than ours, even. And just ask questions and I'll find that they do that as well. Hey, I see you guys are doing X, Y, Z. How'd you do that? And they just, they just collaborate. They just help each other. Uh, but I find myself doing that in business more and more and more. Kind of like what you said, man, if you got a book that, that resonates or not, don't, don't waste time on it. Uh, I don't waste much time trying to figure it out myself these days. If I can call somebody who I know knows how to do it. So I don't know what category to put that into apprenticeship mentoring. To me, it's just ask, ask and you shall receive, huh? Uh, But how much benefit, I mean, for you, man, you've got a golden Rolodex, Tom. How many times during the given week do you find yourself, instead of hassling to figure it out for yourself, to go read a book even, to go research something, you just hit somebody up that you know probably has a resource in their head or they know somebody who does and just say, hey, I'm looking at doing this or I'm wanting to find out about this. Can you help me?
2: You know, I have one of those, um, I guess, V8 moments, you know, where you hit your palm against your forehead huh Probably about every week i 'll have one where i'll where i 'll be struggling with something for a little while, and then I'd hit my palm on my forehead and i 'm going, "Why am I struggling with this i 'll just call so and so yes <laughs> yes, yes, the power
1: of asking how about that that's yeah. our next book we'll just do that together yeah,
2: and you know what uh when you when you are living out the philosophy, you can have everything in life you want uh when, when I call those folks, they over deliver. And, and usually there's something that they're interested in on the other side and I'm glad to help them. So, you know, those, those relationships build. And when, when, when we help somebody else grow, they help us grow and vice versa. So I think there's a proverb that says, when you, when you water a garden, you can't help but be watered yourself.
1: Absolutely. And and you know what? I'll put this out to folks because if you're sitting there thinking about, hey, you may not have the golden Rolodex that Tom Ziegler does. Be bold and be faithful and ask and don't, ask at the top of the heap if you want to. You will be amazed at uh, there's a lot of people in high places who don't have people asking them a lot because everybody thinks, oh, they must be flooded. Uh, no way they would take time to answer my little question. Somebody they don't even know. And you'll be amazed at uh, there's enough people to think that sometimes they're not asked a whole lot and they will be gracious. So I would, again, just encourage you ask ask and ye shall receive. And if you get a no, go to the next person. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Great show. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, brother. Well, folks, hopefully this show inspired you and helped you expand on your pursuit of and options for your ongoing education. If you got value from the show, will you let Tom and I know? Leave a review in iTunes and then email us at thanks at Tell us your iTunes username so we can thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziggler's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. Coming up next in show 583, we bring you a really down to earth, inspiring story. Aren't you surprised by that? Larry North is a Texas boy and a fan and friend of Ziegler who's spoken at the Ziegler headquarters multiple times. Larry started his first business at age 20, but it's not a simple story. It's a kind that we love. He had a vision. He had faith, but no real tangible resources. He also had a media career that started shortly after that. And he arrived on talk radio and performed for over 25 years. It was shortly after that that his best-selling infomercial became one of the most popular weight loss infomercials ever. Three books, a chain of health clubs, and thousands of TV appearances and live presentations here and abroad have turned Larry North into a veritable household name in fitness, weight loss, and health. He continues to spread his motivational messages and wisdom to dozens of Fortune 500 companies and just about anyone who will listen. That's why we brought him on the show here. We had a great conversation on just some nitty-gritty issues on personal progress. I found it really interesting that he's in the health club business. He spends most of his time around people trying to make some of the hardest progress there is. It's with their bodies, losing weight, gaining muscle, takes commitment, probably not a more volatile industry out there in that sense. It's a common or a constant stream of successes and failures. So you're going to get a lot from this show.